can't cuss this this podcast. We can't cuss this podcast. Why? Because Hal's gonna watch and he with his kids, and he just gets really upset when I say like fart, shoot, darn, stuff like that. Really gets um, under, his. under his epidermis. Okay. Oh, is that like it's crippling for you, isn't it? Uh, no, what do you mean I can't say cuss words? <laughs> uh, full disclosure: I bought a fifty-foot Ethernet cable, and then I realized that my MacBook does not have connection for an Ethernet cord. <laughs> so, good luck, everybody. I go now. <laughs> so, I got to buy an adapter, which I will have for next week. But here we go. Going live on Facebook. Just got that waffle done. Who won the spots? Not you. Number twenty-five did though. Shut up, really? No. no I was gonna be so pissed. <laughs> I can't, dude. If you if you win the main, I swear to God, I'll lose my mind. I can't do it. All right. Uh, oh man, You're sharing a page you manage, not my personal page this time. Nice push. Yeah, I feel good, dude. I'm feeling real good. On the whole, Preparation H feels really good. I could use some of that right about now. Do you think Rockstar will pay us if we just sit like this the whole time? <laughs> are we live? What are we doing? I'm working on it. Oh, my God, dude. Is everyone in your home off internet? Your, your video is choppy. My video is not choppy already. Shut up. I'm saying the video is kind of grainy looking. Is everyone in your home off the internet? Yes. Everybody's off the internet. And I have no bars of service on my phone, so this is going well already. Yeah, this is good. <clears throat> this is going to be good. Yeah. I've got podcasts. Maybe. What if I host it? You think that would help? Perhaps. Maybe next week. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I sent the meeting ID to Jonathan. He's going to buzz in at 6 p.m. Okay, three, two, one, go. And I'm gonna wait for it to say live, and then I'm gonna. All right, this <laughs> came out of left field. You are live in the studio with Rye Clamp and Logan the Hammer Terran. That's not your nickname. You can't. Yes, give it yourself... is, dude. It's the Hammer. You it's... can't give yourself your own nickname. Well, I'm not gonna be called Logan Taintant. That's a BS name, and I don't know how you turn Terran into the, a word. I said I wasn't going to cuss this podcast. I already said taint. Is that a cuss word, taint? Taint is definitely not a cuss word. We're Why can't still... you say taint on an airplane? Taint, 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 taint. You can say taint on an airplane. You can't say bomb on an airplane. Bomb, 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 bomb. It's very specific distinctions there. Speaking of Ben Stiller, hey, Ben Stiller, son of Jerry Stiller, uh, your dad and my grandpa hung out back in the day <laughs> at the Erie Playhouse in Pennsylvania. So in the off chance that you're one of the six people that listen to our podcast, you kind of owe, owe me somehow. So pony up, Ben. The Erie Playhouse sounds like a place eerie. that... He's eerie in here. It's just... Eerie. Ooh, eerie. Ooh. Ooh. I don't like it. It makes me feel uncomfortable. It's a breeding ground for molestation. Ugh. Oh, okay. All right. We're going to go there that early in the podcast. Cool. Mm. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know where we stand, Bert. <laughs> hey, All right. we're not cussing. Okay, but that doesn't mean... We... Never mind. We can't talk. Never mind. Mm-hmm. How was your Labor Day? It was good. I don't care about that, though. What I'm going to talk to you about Was is... it laborious? What I'm really upset about over Labor Day 
what is this? I don't want this. Change it back. Um, so this weekend, everybody that's joining us now, we can kind of get into the, the podcast itself and what we're going to be talking about. And we were laboring ourselves over what should we speak on Labor Day, get it? We uh-huh. were trying to figure out what we were going to talk about today. And then I remembered it hit me like a ton of bricks from a 10th floor window. Um, here's the deal. I don't care about drifting. Uh, let me edit that statement. I didn't care about drifting very much prior to coming back to Dynasty. Um, it's just not my cup of tea. I don't, I don't, uh, I've never been to an event. I've never followed it closely. So I'm just ignorant to it. And uh, I have no bias in terms of what's good, what's bad in terms of drifting. However, Dynasty, we work with a kid named Jonathan Hurst. And Jonathan Hurst has been in the drift community for damn like a decade now. Um, he is very talented. And I will say that while he's not on the air with us. <laughs> uh, he is very talented. There's a video on our YouTube of him taking me for a ride in his G37 last season. A terrifying ride. He's terrifying to ride with. Anyway, long story kind of shortened and condensed. This past weekend was Formula Drift St. Louis. And the deal with Formula Drift this year is they basically, Corona screwed everything as it has. And their whole schedule has had to shift and move and change and all this junk. Um, I don't see that we're live on Facebook. Are you sure we're on our Facebook live right now, Rye? Yes, 100%. Okay. No, okay, I get it now. I see it now. So you hear it? it? I hear it. I heard it. That's yeah, good. That's, that's me. You. That's, you on my, that's you through my phone. It's like Inception. That's crazy, dude. That's insane. I feel really good about this. <laughs> so the, um, like I was saying, the entire season this year has gotten jacked up as a result of, oh my God, I got my phone going crazy now. Um, whole season gets jacked. Yeah. They move all the events. St. Louis is the first leg of Formula Drift. Hurst is a Formula Drift Pro 2 racer. There's Pro 1, which is like the big, like Ryan Turk and Forsberg and all these big names. Um, and Hurst is in Pro 2, which is like the baby step to get into Pro 1. Or like, I don't want to call them amateurs, but yeah. um, like you can run all these local circuits and then you go Pro 2 and then Pro 1 is the ultimate goal. Um, so last year, I was, I was not working at Dynasty, but I kept hearing grumblings about how Hurst was kind of getting overlooked or they weren't giving him any attention or they weren't giving him a spotlight, even though the kid's a rowdy driver and it's a very kind of political landscape when it comes to drifting. And I just kind of called BS, not called BS, but I just didn't pay any attention to it because I didn't have to care. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me. Like I'm not into that sport and it wasn't a big part of my day to day. BTR sponsored him, but we didn't, I didn't work closely enough with him as I should have and follow his season um, admittedly. And I'm back at dynasty now and we tune Jonathan's car and we also tune Hooman's car. They have a, a team together now. And the setup is a Mike Lau. Shout out Mike. What's up? Mike Lau racing engines five three, a Garrett single GT forty something or other. I don't know. I don't know Garrett numbers. They're like twelve digits. So I can't figure it out. Yeah. Um, it's a real, big turbo. Like a seventy six or something, whatever. And uh Tremec T fifty six Magnum, Haltech, uh ECU on board. Car makes, you know, it can make a thousand horsepower. I think drift mode is 850 to 950, somewhere in that range. Anyway, Hurst goes out and it is him and Human's first leg. And I watch Hurst throw down some, again, I'm a novice, but throw down some insane lead laps. And the way drift works is you lead and then this, the follow driver has to follow your line and, and stay close to you and suck up to you as you're going into the banks. And I don't, again, I am a novice when it comes to this. Yeah, and it, then, it's about like the line clipping points, like they set up yeah. the cones, how close can you get to the clipping point? How close can you 
stay to the lead car. Yep. It, it's all very subjective, but it's yeah. yeah. So Hurst is going to be joining us at 6 p.m. <laughs> um, and he can probably discuss that unless he doesn't know and he's just out there winging it, which would be hilarious. <laughs> it's just oh, man, like, I have no idea. I'm supposed oh. to get close to that cone. Wait, did wait. I do good? I did good. Clipping oh. point. <laughs> I just grew up on a dirt road, man, throwing gravel everywhere. The sad thing is, like, that's not that far off. Like, the, kid's, the kid is – he's just a southern – he's a southern good old boy from Paducah, Kentucky. Um, but he's he's – He's just a nimble guy. For his size, he can skate. He, uh, Kalis actually sent him up to go to the barracks to skate, and he's, he's just, whatever, extreme sports kind of guy. But Hurst goes out, and he throws down. This kid, it's top 32, then top 16, then top eight, then final four, and then it's Hurst versus Josh Love for the win to take first place, Formula Drift, St. Louis. This is the farthest he's ever gotten in competition. The best he's ever placed is third. He is going out to race and to compete for first place. And um, I'm going to try to be political about this because I don't want Formula Drift to like come down on Hurst for this. But he throws down a lead lap, and one of the announcers just kind of digs into Hurst. Like, oh, I can't believe he took that blah, blah, so shallow, and that's going to – he just beat himself and blah, blah, blah. Like, just digs into his ass on this lead lap. And I'm like, okay, cool. It looked to me like Josh Love drove into the side of him right before the finish line. Replay showed it was after the finish line. This Josh Love dude can throw down, too. He is a hell of a driver. Um, so then we have Hurst's follow lap. Well, the sun was right in their faces on that last clipping point, that last turn. And uh, Love kind of took what I, th what I saw was the same line that Hurst took. And not a word about that from the announcers. No, I mean, I want to overlay both passes on top of each other with the commentary from the announcers. Yeah. And I want them to, I want to see the subjective nature, like who they pick and choose to like promote and, and hate on. I'm not saying that they love this, uh, this Josh Love guy or they think he's the best, but it was so clear. It was so clear that they didn't have any love for Jonathan Hurst that even Jasmine, who has no skin in the drift game, was like, why are they talking? Why are they being so hard on Hurst and no, no like, what? And I was yeah. like, I have no, I have no clue, and I don't care either way. I'm not trying to stir the pot like crazy, but I just thought it was, like, I was, I could have. This is why I stopped watching NFL. I will rip the TV off the wall and smash it into a million pieces. <laughs> so what happened here is there was the first run was too close to call. Two of the three judges called for OMT, which is one more time, and then they have to go back to back again. Wouldn't be a big deal, except Hurst only had like seven pounds of oil pressure. In his oh, engine. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> Dude! Dude! Oh, my God. So, I'm texting him, like, look, dude, we'll figure it out. We got rods. We got blocks. Just <laughs> Mike is going to take care of you. Just send that rod. What's that? Sure. The meme with the dog. This is fine. Dude, is it fine. was. So, we're sitting there watching this, like, oh, my God, dude. Like, I thought at any point, and Aaron, who works with us at Dynasty, so Aaron uh, is a tech at Dynasty, and he runs pit on, on the drift car. On the hot pits, you can only have so many technicians or techs with you or, or, or wrench hands, whatever you want to call them. Then you have a spotter that watches your run. So once the pit goes hot, like, no one in or out. Hal can't go down there with a laptop. We can't check data logs. So all we have is, like, text messages back and forth, and he's like, yeah, seven pounds of oil pressure. We're just going to change the oil filter, see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's like seven gallons of Lucas oil stabilizer in this engine. Meanwhile, 
Mike Lau is probably sitting at home like this, son of a bitch. And just, just, just sweating. And, yeah. and then her final run, dude. I'm telling you, he sent it. I fully expected the block to split into 13 pieces. And it was mint. Totally money. I can't believe it. Anyway, uh, Josh Love ended up taking podium. He took first place. Hearst took second. Um, I disagreed with that decision, but I am a novice, admittedly. So, I, I, you know, it is what it is. The only comparison that I can draw, and you gave me one earlier that was almost – I think it's on par. Um, Which one? The, the, we'll get to that. I'll, I'll set you up for this one. Oh, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Drifting, Formula Drift, is the closest thing to the motorsport version of bodybuilding I have ever seen. Uh, I used to be into that scene pretty decent. I have a ton of friends that did shows and, and competed in, in bodybuilding physique class and stuff like that. Uh, um, and it's a lot of opinion. So you see judges that are like judging whoever, whatever class, and they're like talking to each other. And I'm like, shut, stop talking to each other as independent judges and clouding yeah. each other's opinions. Shut up, put a divider between you and judge. And when the announcers get up on the stage and they start calling out this and that and this and that about certain lines that were taken and drifting and yeah, he did this that way and he should have done this a different way. Well, it's over the loudspeakers. I can only assume that the judges are hearing that and it's influencing them a little bit at least. I mean, I got to feel like the, the energy of whoever is around you is definitely going to influence your decisions on stuff like that. As if you're a judge, regardless of what sport you're talking about, whether it's, you know, MMA, boxing, the freaking Olympics, you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's all purely subjective. And the, what I compared it to was it's the automotive equivalent of figure skating. Yeah. Now I don't say that to like take a shot at drifting. I think, have you ever tried to figure skate? Uh, once. That, yeah. It's in a, terrible. In, a, in another life. Be very athletic. <laughs> it's a very athletic sport. I don't have the ankles. Yeah. I don't have it. <laughs> I was going to say calves. Oh, I, I got have the calves for it. I got, the I got, I got wide shins. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's such a, it's when you leave it up to judges and it's very opinionated and um, it's, it's a weird thing where it, it's a polar opposite of, you know, traditional racing or drag racing or any kind of racing where it's like, we're yeah. talking numbers. There's, it's quantifiable data. There's no, if ands or buts about it when you're talking about who won that race well he did because his time was quicker with this it's you, you get into who was flashier who looked the best while they did it and i don't like that side i don't like it i don't i don't like the competition level of that but i do definitely 1000 percent appreciate the skill and talent in in involved in being able to control a car like that like those dudes are driving the wheels off cars i have the utmost respect for any professional drifter whatever level you're at that you can throw a car sideways because like i've seen and i'm sure you've seen a bunch of people talk crap on it on the internet like it is automotive figure skating it's it's judge criteria blah 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 that's lame just go out and race like a real man but like the bottom line is nah i want i want whoever talks the most crap about drifting I want, I want to, we should do this. Let's make, let's do this, make this a thing. I want to find whoever thinks drifting's junk and stupid and pointless. And I want to strap them in a car with Hearst. And I want them to have a GoPro on their face. And I want them to honestly tell me after that first run that they don't think it's cool or they don't enjoy it or they don't think it takes skill. Absolutely. If you've ever done donuts in a car and had a smile on your face, you're a fan of drifting. 
period. I, I frown during those events because I mm. think it's illegal. <laughs> this is not fun. Breaking the law. <laughs> it's a waste of tires. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. My name's Karen. Someone's going to be steaming mad when they see all these marks in the parking lot of my high school. Kenny, Kenny Harper said drifting is stupid. Kenny, can you tell me the last motorsports event you competed in other than jack stand racing? Yeah, say some. But please keep entering my raffle, though. I love you. <laughs> so, don't put me in a car. <laughs> it's a fully, fully legal raffle, by the way. I love Kenny. He's a good dude. Kenny's a good customer of ours at Dynasty, so I really hope he doesn't take that seriously because I do love him very much. No, um, I, I just don't think there's a, there's a perfect way to judge the criteria based upon drifting. I think, it, I think it's going to get to the point where, like, okay, like monster trucks – that's what it's going to turn into is basically it's going to turn into a road show where I mean, I grew up, I love monster trucks, but if you look at what monster jam is now, it's like the WWE of the automotive world where yeah. monster jam. If you guys don't know this monster jam owns all the monster trucks. That's why the drivers go out there and tear shit up with, sorry, stuff up whatever I'm supposed to cuss. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Hal. If Hal's watching, I'm very sorry. <laughs> they go out there and they tear stuff up with zero regard for their own equipment because they don't own it. It's not yeah. theirs. They're just on a tour. Somebody hands them the keys to the truck and they go, go out there and have fun and put on a show for the fans. And I think that's the way drifting eventually in the future may end up. Well, I'll tell you this much. I completely agree with you in terms of what Monster Jam is now. I've never been to a monster truck show. I think maybe you and I kick back a couple uh, virgin daiquiris and check it out. Dude, um, it's the best. The here's here's my my like twenty thousand foot view on drifting in Formula D. Pro two guys are some of the hardest workers in the field. Not saying pro one's not, but looking at some of these programs, these dudes bust their asses every dime, every minute, every like Hurst works a full time job. Like gets up at the crack of dawn sleeps in a truck all day on the job site, acts like he has a hard job, and then drives home. Like, that's <laughs> tough on him. And um, it, I give Hurst so much crap. And, and like, honestly, to the point where I give him way too much. Like, I know for a fact behind my back, he's like, Logan's just a dick and he hates me. <laughs> and every time I see him, I'm like, hey, buddy. I'd tr I, if I ever had a little brother, it would be Jonathan Hurst um, because I just want to rip his face off all the time. But – he is a very hard worker. They pour every ounce of blood, sweat, tears into these cars, and they don't have the financial backing that some of these pro one guys do. Oh, and I've heard rumblings, and he's trying to get in? Yep. Good. All right. Everybody, round of applause for the one, the only, Jonathan Cash. <laughs> there he is. Look at that guy. There he goes. Hey, Jonathan. Oh man, we got no volume, right? Mm. Hit him, hit him with the volume. It's Turn your him. mic on, Hurst. That's on Mic him. on. You'll find it. He's connecting. Here he goes. Uh, I got it now. There, there he goes. Is. There's our guy. All right, <laughs> Mr. Jonathan. I was just telling people how much you love me and respect me, and how we have a very calm relationship. Absolutely. There it is. He's a, he's a practice liar. Um, <laughs> So I was just going off on um, a tangent about how I felt about the, some of the commentating at Formula D and kind of what your role is in Pro 2 and kind of where you've been and where you're going. Um, so you have worked with Dynasty for quite a while. That's where I met you. And this season you are racing Pro 2 
what is, um, first of all, what's the next leg? Where are you guys going next to race? Uh, Seattle. Well, I'll be at LSS this weekend. And then, uh, in a week after that, we'll be going to Seattle. So Washington to Evergreen Speedway for that'll be round two. Now LS Fest is competition based or is it like streetcar takeover where it's just exhibition? No, LS Fest is actually competition based as well. Really? Okay. So they, they run a top 16 competition on Saturday. There's qualifying during the middle of the day and then there's a competition at night on Saturday. Um, now let's roll this back a bit. You thrashed your Mike Lau engine all last season. You put it through hell and then you texted me and you were like, Hey, I got like seven pounds of oil pressure in this thing. Um, yeah. So (laughs) that engine's now out and tell me about what's going in. Uh, well right now we got a gen four aluminum block five, three that Mike had was already was building. So he was able to just get that to us real quick and able to, so we could get back, you know, going, he's going to take the old engine that I had, fix it, go through it. We'll have a spare then, but also at the same time, now we're not really running as much power. Um, before he built the iron block and did a fill on the iron block and stuff. So I was losing some cooling capacity as well, but we were only doing that because I was running 1100 wheel, uh, 1100 wheel horsepower for like Texas 2K and was doing really long interstate pools. So that obviously puts a really big, you know, it's a really big problem with the strength of the block at that point. But for drifting right now, we're only using about 900 wheel, 800 most of the time, but we have it tuned to where we can use 900 wheel. So, in theory, we don't really need the iron block, and it'll also save us about 100 pounds and also give us a bunch of cooling or a lot of, you know, a lot more cooling. So yeah. it might actually work better. So if that's the case, then I'll probably end up getting rid of the iron block one and then build another aluminum block. Cool. Well, I know the half fill stuff is hard on everything for streetcar status alone, let alone a, a drift car in your capacity. I think we weighed them back to back. They're 120 pounds lighter for aluminum versus iron. So Getting that really? I thought yeah, it was, it was like nuts. No, 80. I thought it was yeah. like eighty pounds difference. That's no, insane. it's like a, it was like one hundred and five or one hundred and ten, and then with a half fill, it's probably a ton or ten pounds. I mean, I yeah. don't know exactly, but Jesus, Kenny Dangler did a drop down, and, and I stole the images and posted them on Brian Tooley's Facebook like they were our own. <laughs> it was very fun. Um, so when it comes, let's wind it back a little bit more. You started drifting and just grassroots style local events, stuff like that, correct? Yeah, high school parking lots really at first and then hit a couple events and just all basically all street cars, so like autocross events and and stuff like that. Autocross, I was drifting the autocross and so everyone would be like, Oh, he's drifting and it kinda just started there and then just trickled down to where where I'm at now. How do you feel about the announcers at Formula Drift that just hate you for no reason? <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't hate it. I I mean, it's not that bad. I understand. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. That's a very political way to say that you want you. You're very upset about it, but I I appreciate you being. He's lucky his internet's messing up right now. He's lucky his internet's messing up right now. (laughs) For once, it's not mine. Yeah. For once, it's not Rise Internet. No, you're upset about it, not me. Oh, I was furious. Upset is. you get closer to your internet wherever you're get, like yeah, go on the going. roof climb into a tree get up in a tree i'm going right now um so everyone's on the same page i i dulled down how pissed off i was at formula d um i i about came out of my skin on that last lap and where he where they were basically writing off hurst as like well he beat himself or no no 
who he beat the round before, they said, well, he basically just beat himself and didn't give any credit to Hurst and took yeah. the other announcer saying, well, hold on a second. And I don't care about naming names who are announcing. I don't care. Whatever, dude. I'll never see these people in person, hopefully. God, they're, the only guy looks way bigger than me. Um, but it was legit like, yeah, so-and-so beat himself on that run. And, man, he really let it go. And he could have had something special. And he screwed it up and blah, blah, blah. And old boy on the other something special. But like he said some dumb <laughs> – like, it was like so dumb. That sounds like you're breaking up with your it girlfriend. Like, <laughs> I could have – and after, after this, the other announcer is like, well, hold on a second there. Don't discount Jonathan Hurst. And he's like, yeah, Hurst is whatever. Anyway, that was really terrible that he – I'm like, dude, what the hell, man? Look what you did to us. Like, come on. We lost Hurst on live feed. I want to see uh, what's going on. Oh, there he is. He's back. There he is. All right, I blame Logan. That's fine. I take the blame. Fully but when that last, that. when you, it was either you, Josh Love in the finals. Who did you race against before Love? Uh, Austin Maddox. Okay, Maddox. That car was sick. I don't know the yeah. dude, but the car was sick. He was fast. So, like, I knew he was fast, too. So, he probably would have won if uh, he didn't have such a bad, like, his lead run, he kind of hit a bunch of clipping points and stuff. But, it was really fast. I knew it was fast, and I would have been fine. But um, on that track, like the first hairpin, if you weren't on a right line, um, you would just get left from there to the outside zone three. And so you had the – a lot of guys were kind of choking up there, which the judges didn't want you to do. Mm -hmm. And luckily, on my run before Blake Olsen – or with Blake Olsen, which his car is, is nuts, um, he did the – he kind of choked up there in my chase run. And he – so they – the judges actually seen that, and I was actually able to – get the win from that because he got me after that when you say choked up what do you mean by that like he he like uh, wasn't on throttle in a spot that you're supposed to be on throttle and it was a spot also like um he had got like a little too much angle so he wasn't able to get back on throttle as quick as he should and so i was already there anticipating him to go but i had to hit the brakes instead instead or i would have just hit him and then so, so a lot of people were getting choked up in that area because they went run a smooth line Mm -hmm. And they didn't want to hit the, the clipping point. So, if you know, because the judges were, were um, ruling pretty heavily on hitting that clipping point. So, now, just, just, just go ahead, Ry. Sorry. So, I for, just, for, for my own situational awareness here, like when you the clipping points and stuff like that, they're clearly labeled on the course, I would assume, by cones or something like that. Before you guys, yeah, absolutely. Before you guys go out there and actually start an event, do you like, do you get it or do you just assume like, okay, this is where they want us to be on throttle or they explain like, this is what we're looking oh, for from you guys. No, they definitely explain it. They give us a map uh, and it's a throttle map basically. And it shows where you're supposed to be on throttle and where you're allowed to break. Gotcha. So how do you so, feel? How do they feel about the fact that you, when you look at that throttle map, I know you as a person, you're just like, Oh, that's the whole freaking course. Cause I don't feel like you ever lift out of the gas ever, ever. Maybe it's oh, just no, you definitely do. Yeah. Okay. Well, not, there's I've a lot ridden, of spots you would yeah. blow the zones. Yeah, I've ridden with you, and you don't <laughs> you don't pick up off the throttle unless you're just purposely trying to. For skip sure. It. But that's the thing. If <sighs> I'm when I take you for a ride, I can just overcook the tires on purpose. Oh yeah. No, and, I was there. I was there for it. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> just when for we're, reference. When we're that, drifting though at FD, like we're not necessarily trying to overcook the tires, and that's what would happen actually. Um, coming out of that inner clip with me being a big turbo car, I'm having to clutch kick it like three times to keep the turbo spooled up. And so I would actually overkill the tires and wouldn't have any forward bite to come out of the hole to gain with those, those other guys. Like a few of them had like 440 cubic inch LSs and stuff. Matt so, was a, he was an NA 440, was he not? Uh, no, that was Blake Olson. 
And then the uh, which he they said it was like 441 cubic inch, like I mean best of the built engine, and he he was fast. Mata had like a, it was like it had like a 200 or 250 shot. It, he, they said it made like 750 wheel or something like that. Got you. Well, I will say that I was extremely perturbed by some of the announcing that was going on, and I had planned on doing this podcast and basically just losing my mind, but. It's not my place. It's not my. It's not my place in the totem pole of of motorsports. And I would be. I would hopefully <laughs> be not putting your career in jeopardy by my opinions. Um, but I will say that LS Fest going into uh, LS Fest coming up is this weekend, right? This upcoming weekend. Yeah, it's this weekend. Cool, cool. And you, you would know if you didn't sell your LS, you know. Yeah, it's gone, baby. Oh man, it's so nice. What a what a relief to get out of that LS world, right? <laughs> don't even, don't even right now. Come on, man. I think you're just scared that Rye was going to beat me. 100%. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, that is okay, actually. I stopped us because Logan will actually get mad and then he'll kick me off. So. Oh, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it out of you. you know, <laughs> i tell you what. You know when you guys have two people that are the same person arguing? It doesn't go anywhere. It's just a like, stubborn impasse. I think um, John, John and I just became best friends. Oh, Johnny boy, dude. Um, are we – and I understand that we will be seeing you – is it Friday morning? Yeah, Friday, I think 6 a.m. When are you going to start kicking your YouTube channel back up a notch? I don't know, man. It's hard, dude. Like, if you're – it's being busy. Like, I give props to the people doing it. I mean, it takes a lot of time to try to post videos all the time. Go ahead and give us props. We're right here. You can go ahead and say it. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm sure. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> Tens of subscribers. Tens of subscribers. <laughs> crushing it I, right don't worry logan lets me know all the time <laughs> i do i text him <laughs> daily updates just picked up another subscriber no big deal yep. um well i appreciate you coming on the show i do wish you i don't know i guess luck you piece no, of geez. no but for real you know i support you you dummy um <laughs> i wish you the best whom in the best ls fest should be an awesome time for both you guys and i think you're gonna kill it and i hope like i said before the season started i told you not to run formula drift i'm on record right now saying when sure. Hurst and i talked i told him to bail on the season and to just do grassroots events and to promote himself and his brand and to take a step away from formula drift because corona screwed the schedule financial implication was huge for him and then he goes to stl and he places the best he's ever placed in a <laughs> d2 event <laughs> and totally shoves it down my throat so yeah. i hope well, i mean they, i had my own doubts so yeah well I did too when you told me you had seven pounds of oil pressure in your engine. <laughs> oh, it's for sure. Uh, but I will say I really do hope that the rest of the season d goes as well as it has so far and You're see sure. what you can do, man. Absolutely. Well, thanks, thanks, for, for, thanks for having me on. Absolutely, dude. Good luck. And anyone that's at LS Fest, make sure to stop by Cash Racing and sack tap him for me. Thank you very much, everybody. <laughs> dude, get out of my head because that's exactly what I was going to say. Double knuck oh. sack tap. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Rye, you're not even supposed to admit that you were thinking the same thing as him. You'll double know. nook sack tap. Bow, bow. Everybody <laughs> that has a video sack tap and her gets 10% off a t-shirt and clapped out store. Ooh, yeah. oh, say, and free stickers. Yes. And free stickers. But yep. thank you, Hurst. You have a wonderful time you. on your car and I'll see you Friday morning. Thanks. See you. Later, Love you. Say it back. Love you. Say it back. Love you too, Bob. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> Get your all the pressure up. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, dude. <laughs> He's a good kid. He is, though. We're too similar. He starts talking smack, and then I come back at him, and he's just like, gee, he's mad. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, and? I'm an emotional dude, man. He's a wheel man for sure, dude. He drives the bejesus out of that thing. Well, the first time I rode with him at um, 
Beach Bend. They have that inner. They have. You've never. You've never been to Beach Bend, have you? Nope. So Beach Bend drag strip, right to the, adjacent to the drag strip, they have like a oval, basically a caged in oval, big ass oval, and they set up the drift course in there. And it's a short course, like it's not. It's not a very large area. Yeah. Um. So I get in the car to do. I did a clapped out video on it, like. Mike Lau racing engines drift G37 let's rock and he takes off and it and this is 1100 horsepower twin setup so I'm already terrified first gear second gear dog box too like straight cut gear so it sounds hellacious and we're probably doing 120 miles an hour and there's a wall coming right at us and I'm trying so hard to play Joe cool and the last second he just flips the chassis starts rolling on the bank and I'm telling you, dude, the video, you can see the camera pull away from the bank because I thought we were going to hit the wall. This and is when you first started doing clapped out videos again before you and I started collaborating together. Because I remember we were talking about you were going to try, what was it? You said you're going to try to build a, a model airplane with oven mitts on or something like that <laughs> while you're drifting. <laughs> what? Like, I'm going to do a video where I, I'm, oh, I'm going to take this LS motor apart with six feet of extensions and like just like. <laughs> The most jackass things. You don't remember okay. this? All I know is I'm putting oven mitts on and assembling an engine now. Yeah, it, that's exactly what you said to me. It's like, I'm going to try and build a model airplane while Jonathan Cashhurst drifts and I'm, I got oven mitts on and try not to glue my face to my face. I, I, don't, <laughs> I honestly don't remember that particularly, I do, but it does sound like something I'd try. Yeah. So I can't say that it was not me. For sure, it was more than likely me. Um, but at any rate... I don't know. The whole, the drift scene is a bizarre world and it's, but it's very tight knit. And I don't know, I don't have like an ex. I don't know how to describe it, but the one thing that gets under my skin, I think more than anything is I feel like they, the formula D D2 drivers are just show ponies. So they have to pay to be a part of this. They have to pay to go to the events. They have to pay for all this travel. They pay, 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 spend all this money. And then formula drift just kind of, you know, prom promotes them, but makes a killing on ticket sales by yeah. because they're bringing people. I mean, they're bringing crowds. So is D1 obviously is bringing way more people. I guess it's like NCAA. You're paying your dues I, to get I, to the they're, pros. They're, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying this to take anything away from any of them, but I think in the eyes of Formula Drift, like the D2 category is like the bracket racing equivalent of the drag racing world where it's, it's a time filler for a or lot it's of minor it's minor leagues before getting called up to the majors yeah but they they have to you can't wear out the cars of the d1 the the full pro guys and maybe they don't even i don't know how big the field is of d1 but it's insane Dude, they it's gotta insane. have you're making it a multi-day event you have to have a way to fill that time so why not throw some of the the guys that are trying to get into the D1, like, hey, let's give them a stage or a platform for them to showcase their skill set. And I, I, that's, I guess that's just, that's the grind and the hustle that you got to go through to get to the pros, if you will. That's fair. That is fair. And, and in all honesty, I could sit here and judge from afar, but I'm not a part of that. Like I said, I am the first to admit ignorance and I am ignorant to that scene. I'm ignorant to what really goes into making a drift program work. Um, on a broad scale, I have seen what guys like Hurst have to put into it. And, and it's part of the reason I'm part, I parted the arc seven drivetrain out was because I know I don't have the time to dedicate to a race program that that setup can, can yeah. support. I remember um, last year, I think it was, I think it was last year where 
Jonathan made like a week long post and he like laid it out and made it public, like how much money he was spending for to go to an event. And I don't, I don't remember, I don't recall exactly where it was, but it was like, this is how much I spent on fuel. This is how much I spent on food, hotel, tires, and just to, to participate in the event. And yeah, one weekend, nope. you're, you're talking thousands of dollars just to the go. The whole time he was posting that, I was texting him, oh, boo, I spent money having fun. <laughs> I had to spend money doing extracurricular activities that are fun for me. No. Oh my and God. he did not like that. My vacation cost me money. My vacation with all the drifty boys cost me money. I'm just kidding, Hurst. Please don't hate me. But he was, yeah, he was like, all right. This is exactly how I read that post, all of them. <laughs> I got an 1,100-horsepower drift car. I got seven pounds of oil pressure. I got $67 to my name. My name's Jonathan Hurst. Welcome to Jackass. Yeah. That's how I read that whole thing. And he did. He pulled it off, man. What's the, what's the, watch what happens next. Like, just – yeah. It was nuts, man. The whole the whole vibe and the whole uh, that whole scene is is bizarre. I think it's uh, again, I'm ignorant to a lot of it, but seeing what it takes to run a program like Hearst's, it takes a village, man. And he has a ton of awesome people on board. Um, so Dynasty, we do the tuning for the car. It's on a Hall Tech ECU. Um, Tremec stepped up. Garrett Turbo stepped up. Tile stepped up. Brock Bogue from Dynasty did the turbo kit for him. Um, I mean, Monster Clutches, Steve Addison, shout out to Steve. Uh, Brian Tooley Racing, um, one of the last people I worked with when I before I, I departed BTR was Hurst. And Brian has picked up the torch and he's continued to work with Hurst as a result, which is awesome. Um, and actually, on that note, Jonathan's car will be testing the new BTR powder metal retainers. Have you seen these? The Those super lightweight ones with the holes drilled in them? The ones that look yeah. like the sketchiest things in the world? Yes. Yes. So everyone that's, I don't know if you've seen these, but these things, they look so sketchy. They look like they'd break. Rick, Richard Smith, Rick Smith, and Brian torture tested these things with like six to seven times the tensile strength that a spring can produce, and they could not break them. And they are as strong as titanium, they're as light or stronger than titanium, I believe. I can't remember the, the strength. Don't quote me on that. But they're lighter than steel and they're the cost of steel. Um, so the price point and the, and the overall rigidity of these units is awesome. And I was on my way out of BTR when those were coming to fruition and watching the time they had into those powder metal retainers was insane. I mean, it was nuts the amount of time they had into designing, testing, vetting, manufacturers, foundries. I mean, it was nuts. Uh, so I'm excited to see those. We're putting the car in the dyno Friday, and we're going to try to just see what we can make for power and get it ready for, for LS Fest form. I'm trying to find a picture of the retainers, but uh, Google imaging is failing me. You go to Cash Racing on Facebook. It's one of the last posts he had is this picture of the heads from Mike Lau. Okay. With them assembled. So, <sighs> so you're partying out the RX-7. Already done. Motor and drivetrain's out. So we got um, the deal. The deal with the RX-7 is is kind of a funny one. I posted up. I've been having like I've just been. I mean, obviously, I don't hide it. I'm on a podcast. I talk about it. Um, Kenny Harper says anything powdered metal makes me nervous, but I hope it works out well. Kenny, powdered metal valve guides in all the trick flow heads have done very well, um, and these retainers specifically. I physically watched them try to break and they, I don't think they can I take a sawzall to one maybe over a while, cut them up. <laughs> um, but, uh, 
I've had a lot of conflicting opinions on what to do with the car. And I was sitting in the garage staring at it. And I'm like, you know what, dude? I don't know. I'm going to sleep on it. The next day I was at work on lunch. I posted up engine, trans, um, electronics. I just posted it up very i didn't realize how low i priced it until after i saw a stock block engine going for the same price i sold my dark block engine for which made me kind of sick to my stomach i was like <laughs> damn it dude but um i listed the engine the trans and the electronic stuff and i put it up at like 12 30 and at like 12 35 p.m i had a deposit for everything um and it's going to a very good friend of mine um buddy tom and Tom is actually selling. He has a billet Hemi that he's selling right now. Um, he's going to go down to the LS world from a financial standpoint. The LS world is very affordable comparatively to the billet Hemi world. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> he yeah. asked me if I wanted to trade plus cash for his billet Hemi. I was like, what? Yeah. What am I going to do with this thing? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I couldn't even afford a valve cover on that thing. Yeah. Um, so Tom is currently at sea. I don't know what his exact position is on this boat, but I'm going to call him the captain. He's the captain. I'm the captain now. Uh, <laughs> but either way, uh, that, that engine combo is sold. It's gone. I'm currently getting rid of the turbo kit stuff. Everyone has asked, like, what's next? What's next? What's next? And I'm here to tell you. I don't know. I have no idea. You still don't know. Idea. You've no changed idea. your mind, I think, I know at least twice in the past two days. Well, yeah, hundred percent. Because first it was going to be the the blah 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 and and naturally aspirated blah, and then I said that I was going to do the blah blah blah. <laughs> why, maybe, why, why is this a secret? Why are we keeping it a secret? Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of fun for me because people I've had yeah. to, like so many people tell me I'm putting a two J in it, and I'm like, I would I would mind a two J in it. It'd be fun, but that's not what you're I doing. Just, I don't. So here's the no, I wouldn't do a K swap, Kenny. I like torque too much, um, and I'm not a road racer. You got to keep those things at like nine thousand RPM to have fun. Um, K series engines are awesome though. I'm not trying to slight those, but I picked up a T56 Magnum. Um, and I picked up a bare brand new LS3 block and I am leaning towards a 416 cubic inch, build it up to make good power NA and then maybe chuck a power adder on it. So not like a big ass turbo kit making a 1500 horse. I'm talking about like maybe just a very small Magnuson 2650, you know, just a little yeah. baby little baby blower that's only good for like 650 700 horse at the tire this is this is so much fun though 2650 I, I, I want i want a blower in my life after i that that red truck that i had in here i haven't done a video on it but i i kind of got to find the footage of that thing with uh it was a 99 old body style chevy silverado uh, what was it ls2 with a lsa blower on top of it and i fell in love with the just that the off idle instant snap yeah so much fun on a street driven vehicle well and here's the thing i haven't in, how many miles have i put on that car none i don't drive it i don't enjoy it and the car went eights with like 750 800 horse of the tire it went 890 at 150 whatever with on 17 pounds of boost with a, a Pistons Rods LS3. So if I do a 416 and a banger again, and I have a fun street car, and then I chuck a, the 2650 blower is one of the most impressive superchargers I've been, I've worked with, um, in my opinion. I mean, we, we made 800 wheel on a Pistons Rods LT1 on like eight pounds of boost. I mean, it was no boost at all. The thing's not even close to its efficiency range. 
and it made an insane amount of power. What's um, the blower that comes on the GT500s, the newer ones? Same as the LT5. Uh, have you seen that? Know. Have you seen that company that's making billet adapters to put the GT500 blower on the LS stuff? I haven't. No. Uh, I have to send it to you. He, they, there's a couple companies. One makes just the billet adapter plates to blow, put that on there, and then there's another one that makes it where you use a Magnuson like lower valley tray. So if mm. you can scoop up a GT500 blower on the cheap, you can slap that on an LS motor. I'll, I'll send it to you. I got to look it up again. Somebody so my in the only comments my, might know what it is. Uh, here's my question, and I, I am maybe we should have someone from Magnuson on here next week, or somebody from that does blower stuff. Yeah. Someone um, blows. Hey, there's 29 people watching. Is anyone <laughs> happen to be a the CEO of Magnuson Superchargers? <laughs> Mr. Magnuson, if you're listening. Uh, hey, Mr. Uh, Mr. Magnuson. Hey, Whipple. Is Captain Whipple out there? Captain Whipple. Is Kenny Bell available? Mr. Bell. <laughs> God. Kenny, are you there? Uh, so here's my concern. You've got a I – want, I want a lot of power out of a naturally aspirated drivetrain because I love wheeling C6Z06s with heads cam. I think they're so much fun. Yeah. But I know that I want to gap those C6Z06s with my car on the street. So I have to put a blower on top of it. <laughs> my question is, how, how do you pair a roots blower in terms of size to displacement, displacement of engine? Meaning like a Magnuson 2300, Magnuson 2650 versus a, like a, whatever, a 347-inch engine all the way up to a 416-cubic engine. What is the pairing there? And what is the best bang for your buck? You know what I mean? I'm, I feel like the biggest is the best. Like, I, I, I mean, yeah, bigger is better all the time. It's not like you're going to run into lag with a, with a roots blower like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. Um, they do make LT4 adapters I just got a post on. Um. LT4 supercharger adapters, but I got to assume that's just to LT. Do they make them for LS, LT to LS? Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to find, have you seen, somebody did a GTO with the blower was bigger than the displacement of the motor. It's like an 8.1 liter blower oh my on God. top of a 5.3. I, mean, I got to find this. I've seen it on Facebook a few times. Uh, Oh, man, I wish we were better prepared for this podcast than this. <laughs> Honestly, though, I feel like this is us. Yeah. True. Um, yeah. So, Mr. Magnuson, go ahead and chime in anytime. We've got 35 people. <laughs> so, six more people, seven more people are now talking all about Magnuson superchargers. Yeah. Let's go, buddy. 16 minutes, all right? Magnuson, you want to get on this deal? Yeah, you better yes. jump in here, bro. 16 minutes or else... Uh, uh, game overies. Now there was. I'm gonna dive into some drama real quick. Mm. You ready for some drama up in this piece? Yes. Okay. Maybe someone in the comments will know. I I can't remember the gentleman's name, but there was a post, and it's a guy that ports superchargers and modifies like Whipple and Magnuson superchargers, and I think it was Magnuson that sent him a cease and desist letter, basically saying, stop modifying our blowers. Oh, I do recall reading something Who about was this. that, man? Texas guy, I think. I can't remember. Was it Joker? No, Joker's is in, in, in Illinois. Antioch, I think. Um, man, dude, I don't know who, what, I, God, I wish I could remember. I remember wanting to talk about it, but it was this long, drawn-out cease and desist from one of these blower, I want to say it was Magnuson, 
basically claiming that he was, uh, I guess, taking their design or something. Uh, um, VMP. There we go. Brandon Harrington. So VMP. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So VMP went after the guy. No, no. I think VMP got a letter. I thought. Brandon, clear this up for us, dude. Come on. Oh, by the way, Brandon Harrington. Uh, Eaton. No, it wasn't Eaton. I can't remember. It was. It was one of the bigger blower companies went after, you know, John Smith, and John Smith was the guy that was doing these blower mods. And he posted up, and he's just like, "I'm done working with any of these blowers anyway. They're trash. <laughs> I don't this like is, him anyway." Wasn't this right around the time that what, what was the Diesel shop that came after somebody for using the color oh blue? It's like Sinister God. Diesel. Sinister Diesel, dude. <laughs> so like, hey, look, we copyrighted trademark blue, so you can't you can't do that. You know, like, I'm not trying to say that I agree with their going after the place. I don't think they went about it correctly. I think what could have happened there and what would have been, you know, more, I guess, friendly is if they just called the dudes up and said, hey, yeah. look, you know, we've kind of worked our asses off yeah. to get, okay, MPF went after VMP. Yeah, so VMP is the one who got the letters. for Who's for, MPF? Magnuson? Magnuson Performance something. Somebody clarify this for me. VMP received Sinister Diesel. I just to but yeah, so <laughs> I can't, I got to find the thread. It's so good. Um, VMP performance, whatever it was. Anyway, they go after them and they say, stop messing with our stuff. And they're like, we don't give an F. We're not going to mess with your stuff anyway. We're done. We're not, we're not going to be working with this stuff anymore. Like it was a big ordeal, man. And I wish I had, uh, I wish I had more information on it to talk about it. I am very unprepared for this dramatic turn. <laughs> This is going well. It was, it was, the thing is I'm like chomping at the bit scrolling, trying to find it because it was like, Oh my God. Like it was, I'm, uh, I'm still over here trying to find the GTO with this insane blower. But. Yeah. It was, I'm trying to figure this out. Nah, Either way, we're, yeah. un, we're unprepared. Uh, point being Mr. Magnuson, I don't hate you. So if you want to send me a 2650, like what's up dude? Yeah, totally. Totes gets. We'll take it. Yeah, there's okay. They went after VMP because the stole the design from MPF and they got a Chinese knockoff blower. My boy Jason started the Who shit show. Who's your boy Jason, Edwin? Put a put a last name on it. Tag this man. <laughs> put a name on it, cuz. Tag this man, Edwin. Bring him into the live feed. Tell us how you really feel about whoever you're upset with. Um, but yes, this was a it was blown up all over Facebook, and I'm not sure what, what happened, but at any rate, um, the Magnuson Roots blowers, Roots blowers in general, are a ton of fun. So are you putting a blower on the RX-7 or not? Nah? I don't, man, I don't know what I'm, I honestly don't know for sure. Here is what I do know for sure. I can't openly talk about components that will be going into, if I do, if I do the LS3 build, I will be working with a uh, company that I am homies with that wants that want that have new products coming out also that are going to be debuted at LS Fest. And those products may or may not be on display at a booth that rhymes with Fry and Bully bracing. So <laughs> if you guys are if you guys are at LS Fest. Why is there an orthodontist going to be at LS Fest? <laughs> <laughs> or it could be like bracing leg braces. I don't know. Um, but yes, the Fry and Bruley bracing and I have been talking back and forth about some new products that they have releasing, and they are going to be on display at Brelles Fest. I don't have to modify LS Fest. I don't think you have to modify that one. Um, Bobby Crozier wants to know what is up with your Impala 
low rider drag car so i have been geeking out on this thing i've stared at it all night last night until i fell asleep and i've been so jazzed up about it today um you and i have talked about this before i have like an insane desire to buy a 1963 chevrolet impala two-door and i had this idea in my head like tip of the hat to west coast lowrider culture where i wanted to run a wire wheel on the front and i was like what if somebody would make a 17 by four and a half inch wire wheel like a skinny front runner gold plate it and then put it on the car and in my head i'm like i, I know this would look sick and it would look amazing and i hit up um well it was a week ago two weeks ago i think you saw probably somebody it, it was circulating on facebook uh, a buick roadmaster yes the nascar yeah laid out on a nascar chassis so this kid i say kid i don't know how old he is um and i'm gonna butcher the name of his page uh, let me pull it up here on my Instagram. Uh, what is it? Abilic, Abimelic Design. Okay. Um, I hit him up because I, I, I've seen these renderings. Uh, Kaisel Salim, a bunch of other people do these renderings. You guys have seen these crazy cars where it's like this kind of steampunk or, or whatever. These renderings that look absolutely incredible. Um, and I hit him up cause I don't know. I, I said, Hey, do you guys do this? Like for customers, like, are you available for hire? How much does it cost? And I was fully expecting like an insane amount of money. And the price he hit me with was extremely reasonable. And I was like, I Sold. will spend that to see my own dream car come to reality in front of me. So I paid him the money and in a week, this was what was delivered to me. I'm going to go ahead and share this. So this is a, I said, I want a 1963 Impala and I want it to be black, like all black, put a drag wing on it, put 275 radios on the back with bead locks and make everything freaking gold. And here is what the result was. Um, and the internet apparently agrees that this thing is sick. So, so what you're looking at 63 Impala and it's, I've been drooling over this thing all damn day. It does look sick. Um, I, I will say I did that ghetto job of slamming it to the ground. Yeah. And dude, when this thing's laid out, it's, I think here's my opinion and you can take it for what it is. I would, I would put that thing on air and I'd go eights on air with that thing. That's kind of what I want to do. And I, I'm like, I'm super excited that the internet, if you will, has accepted this thing. But like you and I were talking about, uh, I'm a little apprehensive that now I have put it out there into the ether that yeah, somebody's going to beat me to the punch and build it before I can. But um, 2021, my goal is to make that car come become a reality. I think if anyone else builds it we just fly to their house and beat them to death absolutely you know we're really a violent group <laughs> <laughs> and so, on that note why don't we do this rye who's got a 63 impala for sale i tried to buy you a 64 today but there's there's i, I know this is know. one thing i don't want to compromise on like, i don't blame like you about. i just saw that one and i was like dude if they're the same i was just gonna go scoop the thing up and hold it over your head like a terrible friend i mean i still love a 64 62 63 64 i love them all there's a local guy here that has a 62 
the 63, I just think the styling is just, it, it draws me in a little bit more than the, the other ones. But I'm um, just trying to figure out where the best place is to find one of these joints. Like they're I, tough to find without having, there's one literally right up the road for me for 400 bucks, but it's, it's so rusty that I, I feel like it would break in half the second I try to put it on the trailer. <laughs> so, um, what is Estella just dropped a bunch of money signs in the comments. So I'm assuming she said she's going to buy you the Impala. Yeah. And, oh, she yeah. also said you have a $56,000 budget. So yeah. Good job, Stella. We totally agree with that. That's nice of you to do. That's why says, I love my wife. No college funds needed. So tell your kids that you're sorry. But the, um, let me see here. Share this guy again. I want to shout out this dude, uh, Abimelech Design, because if you guys haven't followed him, I'm showing right now on Facebook. So go over there, give this dude a follow. I kind of want to have him on the podcast because I want to know what the process is that he goes through to do all these insane designs like from the ground up because he was just everything I threw at him he was like yeah no problem yeah no problem like yeah there's the Buick Roadmaster scroll up the Buick Roadmaster on the NASCAR chassis this is the one I love right here 1989 Dodge Daytona Chrysler Imperial if Lamborghini built them (laughs) (laughs) the kids got a sick imagination like ram charger we talked about the trx last week yep bring back the ram charger dodge ram trucks give us an suv and he busted this thing out the impala it took him i think a week to do total yeah that's nuts that's sick right there the gt40 with the the Kreger, the supremes on it i mean head over to this dude's page he's on instagram he's on facebook um and he does some amazing stuff with these renderings. And if you have some sort of idea of a car design in your head and you're not the best graphic artist in the world and you want somebody to execute your vision, totally recommend this dude. Send him a message. It is not nearly as expensive as I thought it was going to be. And now I kind of feel like I want to challenge this guy with more designs and just keep hitting him up and be like, how about this? How about, yeah. you know what I mean? Just what if this is kind of the way you did with like the BTR banners, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just paint a picture and then pay the money and let him have at it and just go ape shit. If I had to point out one part of my, and I use this term very loosely career in motorsports. <laughs> <laughs> That's the highlight. <laughs> like I take a step back and I'm like, damn, I've been doing this for a decade. The fact that you somehow that passed the sniff test. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> so one of my favorite things is when you throw a bunch of stuff at a wall and it sticks. Mm-hmm. And obviously your project is well thought out. But the BTR banner, having Brian. So I did an unveiling and Brian didn't know what it was going to look like. And everyone walked into my office, tiny little room, and I unveiled <laughs> it. And everyone was like, oh, my God. And I look over at Brian. I swear to God, this was his face. <laughs> like this is either gonna get me fired or promoted what like he just had this like didn't know what to say he's like is that are those is that a dinosaur is he is that an eagle with a what the yeah. he- is that a salmon with half a body as a camp what the hell am i paying you for <laughs> and it was just an amazing it was an amazing experience for me to see his face what what the hell has this got to do with racing yeah, it was. Oh, and here's the deal: we sold out of those banners in two days, Brian. Yeah, suck it. 
please don't hate me for saying suck it though you don't watch the podcast (laughs) so i'm safe but yes it was hilarious as hell dude absolutely i will say this like when when you have the opportunity to work with an artist don't be controlling whether it's having somebody like design you something a tattoo like one of your french girls yeah yeah. a tattoo you you name it like let the artist be the artist give them tattoos i don't know though tattoos Mm. because i have uh Mm. i i mean i have a tattoo i got a tattoo on my titty little titty tat tit for tat Mm -hmm. i'm sorry i'm not covered in cool gang tats like you you hoodlum I got sick him. dude sick pipes bro yeah shitter Shit crew over here. Sick, it's, a, dude. it's a flying toilet that's yeah fun. just out of curiosity Heck. you just show you show up at pta meetings with cutoffs like yo what's up i'm clamp here for the uh shitter crew 101 what's good Absolutely. what goes on there yep. shitter crew's marine thing i'm sure right Ooh. uh it is i mean a proctologist yeah. thing we can talk about it i got like four months left we're good rye is an american hero and i'm sorry i'm not gonna clown you i love you too much um, <laughs> you good yeah that's for everybody on youtube that comments on i burp too much dude they are very 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 upset about the amount of burping that that does go down yeah a couple um, of them also i should say that my battery on my laptop is about to die and we're about at the hour mark we are so take us home right head over to clappedout.com slash store we got like four shirts left i have a whole new stack of vinyl so i'm going to be sitting down immediately after this podcast designing new stickers look for those coming out on the store in the next week or so um if you haven't already head over to youtube.com slash clapped out give us a subscribe we're trying to push this to 37 percent of our views are not subscribed yes and we are subscribe to our channel i don't know why you don't we're almost subscribe 85,000 of you follow us on Facebook. But no one gives a crap about the tube on you. Yeah, you guys can't just lift a finger and tap the, the fucking subscribe button, dude. The sad thing is, when we if we ever start making any kind of real money on YouTube, we are going to give so much money away to ourselves that it'll be so worth it for you. If you are one of the original 10,000, we guarantee you when we hit a million, we're going to pay you handsomely. 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 Which is a very subjective word. Yes. So <laughs> pictures, <laughs> pictures of us because we're handsome. <laughs> we'll pay you in pictures of us. Yes. Anyway, that's it. Clapped out podcast. We're out. Peace. <laughs>